morning from the team here at 1.37 p.m. This is 7.31 a.m. Let's get the day going. Good morning. Good morning. Happy Monday, everybody. Hope you're having a good start to your week so far. The date is May 30th. This is Charlie Colbrenner. Thank you for getting your day started with the 7.31 a.m. podcast. First, I want to start with just, uh, I saw my guy who, he works for Gallery Media Group, which is our parent company, uh, but my guy Kwame Darko, who is one of the biggest supporters of 7.31 a.m. Every time I see him, he is so generous and kind and has such nice words about the podcast. And we really appreciate you always listening. Check out Kwame's brand, Darko Wines. He has a great wine brand. He's also just one of the nicest guys in the world. We really appreciate your support, man. Um, And I hope you like this episode. And I hope everybody likes this episode. As always, we'll start with a little anniversary, a little something fun. On this day in 2003, Finding Nemo came out. And I was thinking about what to say about this. Growing up, I identified Finding Nemo as being one of my favorite movies, and then it's interesting to think about how many amazing Pixar movies there are, and then when I was really thinking about it and doing the crunching uh, for this podcast, I realized that I don't think Finding Nemo is in my top five Pixar movies anymore, which is great, because I love Finding Nemo. For me, the no-brainers are The Incredibles and Ratatouille. Those are two of, I I think, the two best Pixar movies. Um, And then very quickly, the five fills up, because A Bug's Life has a very special place in my heart, um, is still one of my favorites to this day. Um, I think one of the best recent ones is Coco. Coco to me is uh, might be my favorite one to watch right now. I love that movie so much. And then I feel like a Toy Story movie has to get in there, the first one or maybe the third one. And that gets us to five. And that, and Finding Nemo, not in sight yet. I still think I'd probably throw Finding Nemo. It'll probably be like six, but it doesn't even crack the top five Pixar movies. They really, they only put out hits. And speaking of Pixar movies, Lightyear, the movie about Buzz Lightyear, is set to come out this summer, June 17th. Um, I'm sure they never really disappoint. Staying in entertainment. Entertainment. Obi-Wan Kenobi, the new show on Disney Plus, premiered on Friday. And if you listen to the podcast a lot and hear me and Bo talk about it, you know sometimes I'm not so good about like watching stuff right when it comes out. But I really set aside some time on my calendar for this one. Um, I'm sure we are going to make a lot of content about it. I bet Bo and Connor and Elton will be on uh, Discord at some point this week to talk about it when we have a, a time set. I'll tell you all about it, but I just wanted to give my first thoughts on it. My first thoughts are that it absolutely rules. I had high expectations. I think we talked about it on the pod at some point. I, I identify Ewan McGregor as Obi-Wan as being one of my favorite portrayals of any character in anything ever. Um, I think the way that he took Alec Guinness's performance as Ben Kenobi and then sort of did the work to be like, this is what this character would have been like younger. Um, I think he did such a great job with, he's also one of my favorite actors in general, but um, if you're a fan of Star Wars, definitely worth checking out. Even if somehow you've never seen any Star Wars movies, this would be something worth um, getting into. So far, it's been like, I would say kind of a slow burn. There hasn't been a ton of huge moments yet in the first two episodes, but Ewan McGregor is giving one of his best performances in Star Wars in it so far. I, I'm really loving so much about it. Um, then also something fun is one of the other main characters, and this may be a spoiler, I don't really think this is a spoiler, don't worry about it too much, um, is a young 10-year-old Princess Leia, uh, and that actress, she's doing a great job too. So far the episodes have been directed by Deborah Chow, who directed some of The Mandalorian, um, and the direction is really great. And my favorite Star Wars things are world-building ones, um, and this we're getting to still experience more of Tatooine, but then building this world in between the the two trilogies, which is sort of an era that we know the least about. We only have Rogue One, um, and so learning more about that world has been really exciting, and Ewan McGregor is, as always, doing an amazing job. I'm really excited for Episode 3, which will come out on Wednesday. And if you want to hear more about the Obi-Wan Kenobi show and other stuff that's streaming right now, check out another podcast by Gallery Media Group called Stream On. 
um, where they preview different shows, review shows, debate shows, and talk about just what's streaming. If you want to learn more about what to watch right now. Popping over into NFTs. NFTs. Mint NFT and the designer Balmain. Balmain. I've heard people always say it as Balmain, but I kind of think Balmain is the more accurate pronunciation, but I might be butchering it either way. Um, are teaming up on a project that they're calling Non-Fungible Thread an Ecosystem. So it was announced over the weekend that Balmain and Mint NFT, which is an NFT brand helmet by James Sun, are working on Non-Fungible Thread, is what they're calling it, NFT, which is an ecosystem of digital, physical, and hybrid experiences catered towards the Balmain customers. Um, I was trying to think about how to describe it, and I realized that this writer at Decrypt, which if you don't read from Decrypt, one of my favorite publications for Web3 News, um, their writer Sander Lutz did a really great job introducing the concept of what this could look like, so I'm just going to read it um, in its entirety. Imagine a throng of fashionistas as they file into a great glass dome, one dressed in an alien green corset, another in a tight furry dress, likely derived from the pelt of a wild thing. As each person enters the dome, the structure changes for them in real time. The woman in the furry dress looks up at a massive display and sees her own dress, along with an invitation to an exclusive talk with the item's designer later that afternoon. The man in the corset sees his own item on the same billboard, along with a flashing arrow pointing toward an immersive cocktail experience open only to owners of his same collection. The dress and the corset were, until recently, purely digital outfits worn by these people's avatars in the metaverse. And then physical versions of the outfits arrived in the mail, along with an exclusive invitation to Balmain's festival at Paris Fashion Week. This isn't an exact example of something that they announced, but this is sort of Sander describing the kind of experiences that will fall under the umbrella of non-fungible thread. The idea is that it will be an ecosystem derived of physical and digital experiences and the combination of them. So you'll maybe buy a digital wearable at some point, but then you'll eventually get the physical wearable and then you can wear the physical wearable because potentially you'll have the opportunity to get access to a bomb on show or a sale or something like that. And then you can wear the item to that place and then that will unlock new things. So I thought he did a really good job of describing one of the best iterations of this sort of uh, integration of NFTs into style would be events like this, where you kind of incorporate both the physical and the digital, which I feel is something I've talked about a lot on the podcast. Um, so I'm excited to see. There's no like exact timeline of when they're going to do that. I imagine they're aiming for Fashion Week, um, but we will see uh, how Balmain continues to try and build in the metaverse. Staying in style. Fashion the Yeezy Gap collection engineered by Balenciaga um, is now available to shop. It launched on Friday. We talked about it a lot earlier um, in this year when it was first announced, but so Kanye has been doing these collaborations with Gap for a while, the Yeezy Gap collaborations, but then they announced one that was Yeezy Gap engineered by Balenciaga, essentially just meaning that Demna, the creative director of Balenciaga, would be helping with the design process. Um, and it launched on Friday, and at the time of recording, part of why I think it's interesting is Everything is still available. Nothing says it has sold out. Um, so if you are still trying to buy something, go check it out. You can still shop pretty much everything at easygap.com. Kanye, uh, when it first was announced, he told Vogue, it is a vision come true to work with Gap and Demna, the creative director of Balenciaga, to make incredible product available to everyone at all times. That was the exact quote. Um, and I feel like he said that a lot about the Easy Gap collections, but they usually still sell out immediately. Now it's been the time of recording a little over three days and they're still available which is interesting because it's making me wonder if maybe they are actually doing so many units this time that it won't sell out overall i wasn't super impressed with the collection there are pieces of it i really like there's a lot of stuff that i think is super wearable but i always am hoping that kanye is going to kind of do something new like I, I was just between him and demna they're two of in my opinion the the biggest and most interesting designers in the game right now so i was kind of hoping for something more innovative some interesting silhouettes um, especially the price point is higher than I thought. The hoodies are like over $200. Um, and the stuff is really cool. It's mostly black. There's some really accessible pieces, but then there are some more 
experimental like body suits and stuff. Overall, I like it fine, but it's not, it's not exactly what I expected. Um, if you want to hear more of my thoughts on it, I'm trying to make more content on TikTok. My username is charcoal, C-H-A-R-Q-K-O-L. I'm doing a lot of stuff about NBA fashion, and I went more in depth on the Yeezy Gap project, specifically identifying specific pieces that I liked or didn't like. And also, while you're on TikTok, also make sure you follow 731AM Pod. We've been putting out a ton of content recently, a lot of stuff that doesn't make it into the podcast. Examples of us just kind of talking about what's going on, um, B-roll, stuff like that. So you should definitely check that out as well. Then hopping over into sports, we finally have a matchup for the NBA Finals. The Boston Celtics will be facing off against the Golden State Warriors. The Warriors uh, clinched their spot in the finals uh, last Thursday night. It's their sixth time going to the finals in only eight years, making them really cementing the team as a dynasty helmed by essentially the same three players the whole time. Steph Curry, Klay Thompson, and Draymond Green. Something that's so crazy is the uh, immediate season after they last went to the finals when they lost the Raptors, uh, the 2019-2020 season, they both Steph and Clay were out and they only won 15 games the whole season, which is just so absolutely insane. They were 15th in the West that year. Um, and then last year they were eighth in the West, did not make the playoffs, lost in the play in. And then this year they are going to the finals, which is super exciting. And I, we talk about Steph Curry so much, but also Clay Thompson himself. Um, he broke a record Thursday night. He had his fifth career playoff game with eight plus three pointers made beating out Steph Curry, who only has four, Damian Lillard, who only has four, and Ray Allen, who has four. Just when we talk about record-breaking shooters, of course, Steph Curry is kind of, at this point, undisputedly the greatest shooter of all time. And then you got Klay Thompson on the squad, who is also one of the highest percentage, one of the clutchest, just most incredible shooters of all time as well. Um, I'm really excited. I grew up watching the Warriors in the finals all those years, so I'm excited to see them again. They'll be facing off against the Celtics, who last night, in a great game, um, but it, the Celtics looked like they were going to win pretty much the whole time. The Celtics defeated Miami Heat last night in Game 7. I'm really excited to see the Celtics play the Warriors. The Celtics are a young core that also something fun about the Celtics is it's been essentially the same team for a while. Um, the past five or so years, been uh, Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, Marcus Smart have been some of the main players on that team. And also just a fun fact, the last and only time the Celtics faced off against the Warriors was the 1963-1964 uh, season. Back when the Golden State Warriors were the San Francisco Warriors, and just to date it a little bit for you, the star player of the Warriors at that time was Wilt Chamberlain. The NBA Finals will begin this Thursday, June 2nd at 9 p.m. Eastern Time. I want to give my little uh, prediction just so that if I'm right, we can show it again. And if I'm wrong, it doesn't really matter. Um, but I, I think the Warriors are going to beat the Celtics. I love the Celtics. I think this is a great team, a great defensive team. Um, but the Warriors have gone up against some pretty strong defensive teams this postseason and during the regular season. And they I think the Warriors also just at a certain point in the level of experience they have being in the finals this many times, it's going to be very difficult to figure out how to stop them. But I love the Celtics. I've been I, I feel like Boston sports gets a bad rap, but I've actually really loved this team for a long time. So um, I'd love to see the Celtics prove me wrong. That is it for today's episode. For more detail on these stories and more, head over to 137pm.com or follow us on all social media platforms. Oh, also make sure you hop into the Discord and check us out on TikTok at 731am pod. And we'll be back tomorrow. As always, remember, stay curious. 